Annie. I'm Cece, and this is Spela Golf. Welcome back to Spela Golf, episode 27. Yes. I'm Cece. I'm Annie. Welcome back. Good seeing you. Thank you, you too. We are getting close to Christmas. We got like another two weeks, or I feel like less than two weeks, right? Yes. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Have you gotten a lot of shopping done for your girls? Um, I got all my shopping done in October. Okay. Yeah, nice. I'm one of those. Hey, get it done sooner the better. It's so nice, honestly. And it was my mother-in-law's birthday, and I bought her birthday present when my parents were here because we went shopping. And it's just so nice because, you know, life is really hectic and busy, and then you have to try and find time to, like, buy stuff. And it was so nice because it's been in our closet since October 14th. Mm-hmm. And then all I had to do, we went for dinner. And all I had to do was just get a card and it was already done. Don't have to stress about what to get, when to get it, how to get it. It was so nice. That's so fun. Yes. What about you? What's new with you? <sighs> I got some bad news. Oh, <laughs> I'm aging. Bad. Oh, honey. <laughs> the other why day. Why is that bad news? So, so uh, there's a backstory to this about why I feel like I'm aging. To back it up, when I was 16, um, I would start going to gym classes. Like I would go to the class. I'm like, I'm not working out on my own. I don't know what to do. And so from like 16, 17, 18, 19, even up to 20, like I would always go to Les Mills, body pump, body combat classes at Fitness Works is what it was called. And so I was like always the youngest in there, teenager, you know, and it was a lot of, you know, more 40 and 50 year old, uh, 30 and 40 young moms and stuff like that. But now recently, um, two weeks ago, I was like, oh, you know, we live in Mason now. Everyone's a little bit older, more retired communities oh, than right? than Gilbert and Chandler. So you're pulling down the average yeah. average age there. Yes. And so <laughs> my mom's like, oh, you need to come to muscle class. And I was like, great. <laughs> Head on over to muscle. And it was a great class. Youngest one there. Everyone, mom is like 55. Everyone else is probably 65 to 75. Um, but after class, the instructor is like, oh my gosh, are you Tiffany's sister? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but I hate when people ask if I'm my mother's sister because I'm not 40 years old. No, it has nothing to do with you. Your mom is this very like hip, good looking young soul. (laughs) All it is, it's not you. Yeah, all it is. Anyways, but whatever. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, it's aging. It's fine. I mean, I've always been 40 for a while, but now I think I'm just going towards 60. So. It's okay. Wow. (laughs) So dramatic this morning. I honestly feel like aging is like lovely. I'm like, man, if I had all this knowledge when I was your age, oh, but I'm not going to have all that. Like no one's going to have the knowledge when you're that young. I love aging. I would never want to go back in my 20s again. Nope. Don't want it. You don't miss partying and stuff like that? I was, (laughs) funny story, I uh, reached out to three of my friends because I'm just really bad at hanging out with friends. So I reached out to my friends and I'm like, hey, girls night, my house. How about Saturday? And um, two of them were like, yeah, that sounds great. And the and the fourth one was like, sorry, can't. I have plans, you know, whatever. So we're like mm-hmm. trying to come up with a weekend that everyone can hang out. And she goes, well, why don't we just get together on a weekday um, as long as 
you know, we, we don't make it too late. And I'm like, honey, my bedtime is 930. So we can't go past 930. <laughs> and it was a joke, but everyone in the text message was like, we're all like, you know, in our thirties and they're all just like, yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Start the party at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So party, no. Look, girls night party. So we can still go to bed at 930. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyways, today episode is going to be more about um what would you say facts facts not so much opinions and all that but yeah more like a fact net gross and just i wanted to tell you about the tournament that i played in last week oh that's and right. kind of how it goes in with net gross flights and tournament formats so what do you want to hear basically from it how the round was what do you want to hear from that tournament how i played i want to hear about all of your decisions Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't know I if I made the smartest ones at well, times. So what did you learn from that? Like, well, what was something you could have done different? You know, I always ask that. What is mm-hmm. something you could have done different? Um, well, I'll back it up. I struggled at first. I was a little bit nervous because, I mean, you know, we're always nervous before we go out and play in a tournament. Like, no matter what level it is, you know, a casual round, just maybe I'm playing with people that I don't know. I, you know, I get a little bit nervous. Um, and this time I was fine. I was starting like a whole three. My back was starting to hurt. I was like, I just feel super tight right now. And luckily my partner had Advil. And so I was like, oh, great. I needed this. I needed some ibuprofen right now. And then um, after that, another two holes, like, oh, I felt much better. And I got my Diet Coke. And I'm like, oh, that flipped the switch for me. <laughs> so much better. Because um, on the front nine, embarrassing, but I shot nine over. And that's like not me. Sorry. I just, I'm better than that. And I just don't really shoot nine over on nine holes. I just don't do that. I shoot maybe plus two or three. That's what I feel like. I I just don't do that. It's just unacceptable anyways. <laughs> <laughs> to who? To you? Yeah, to you. To me? To you. To me? Uh-huh. I mean, does it represent my teaching? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I feel like I taught you more than that. <laughs> anyways, so I just, I got two doubles and some bogeys and I just was... Every time I got a double, two of the doubles were, I was trying really hard. Oh my gosh, I can get to the green with a seven iron, but it, oh, you missed it short. So you really should have done a six iron and now you got yourself in trouble and it landed short and it rolled and back into the water. And look at that. Like you could have just done extra club and that's it. Like my scoring, I pick up these extra strokes. It doesn't even feel like I'm hitting the ball that many times. I'm like, I'm just getting penalties because of these small, stupid decisions that I'm just stupid. But I know we said this before, but statistically, when you write down your stats for approach to the green, most of your stat is going to say short. So you have an option to fill in if you hit it. So if you hit the green, how close to the pin were you? And then there is short, long, left or right. In most cases of all the stat sheets, the highest number is always going to be short. But why do you think that is? Because we think we can hit the club farther than we always, right? If you've hit your seven iron 150 yards one time, you are going to think that you are consistently going to hit your seven iron 150. <laughs> I mean, keep that in mind. I yeah. This is like literally the biggest mistake I see from people. Because we hit our club one time that distance, that is the maximum 
yardage that we're getting out of that club. And now all of a sudden we're, we're thinking we can do that every single time. And then we're nervous and we say, well, that one time I hit a 150, what if I do it again? Then I'm going to be over the green. Well, because how many times yeah. are you over the green? That is the smallest percentage of all the stats. Smallest percentage is over the green because nobody hits over the green. <laughs> unless you have that one shot where you hit your 7 iron 152. I know. And so I got in trouble and hit it into the water all because I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's 125 to the front and 158 to the back. So it's like, hey, let's just hit. You know, I'm fully confident that I'm going to hit the most pure 7 iron and then you chunk it. <laughs> and it's like, really? Are you kidding me? But you know what? The positive note about this, after the front nine, I still did a good job going into the back with just remaining neutral, which we've worked on comparing yeah. to like a heartbeat. Like we've always talked about how a lot of the times after nine holes, oh my gosh, I'm this many over. It's going bad. And you know, and then I start to panic. But this time I was like, I don't really care. And I'm just going to... My ibuprofen is working. Oh, it's working. The Diet Coke. Coke. I feel so chill right now. And so <laughs> I just kept doing my routine. And honestly, I was so proud with how my drives were turning out. Because, girl, I was hitting into the bushes, the houses when I played Alta Mesa about two months ago. I mean, I was a mess. But this time, I hit every fairway, almost every fairway. I mean, they'd go into fairway bunkers. But I'm like... This ball is in play. I think I maybe hit snap hooks a few times because I was like, oh, why did I do that? Because I used my hands too much and I also didn't pick the right target. Well, and that is what we've been working on. Yes. So this month's work between your swing instructor and you and then me coaching you is being able to control your hands and what the club face is looking like at impact. Mm -hmm. So for you to snap hook it, again, that's not a mistake. It's you doing too much of what we've been working on because you used to not be able to turn your hands at all. Yes. So I, it's all about how you think about it. Mm -hmm. Kind it, of like getting old, you know? Mm -hmm. You either like it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it felt nice. I was like, I literally hit, it was at the beginning of the first two holes, you know, hitting two snap hooks. But I was like, honestly, I I felt like even though it happened, I, I did a good job of not panicking after because I was like, Oh, I just turned my hands too much. I just answered my own questions and we've always had to work on that. Like you, I have to figure out my own whys on the golf course. Well, yeah. why are you pulling it? Why are you thinking, well, this is why. So what am I going to do to fix it? Because it's not like it's technical thoughts are going to make it worse. I was like, oh no, I just turned my hand overturned and that's it. Yeah. And then I could start feeling the difference. And so I was really happy on the back nine. I shot plus one. I got two birdies. Oh, two birdie putts slipped on me. But I was like, wow, if I would have caught cut off like three of my bogey holes, I'm like, I think I could have shot like one under, yeah. one or two under. So I felt really good. I was really proud of myself. Like, girl, you just flipped the switch onto the back nine. And it was just by remaining neutral and just doing the same pre-shot routine. And I even... A hit was a, a ball by it was by a bush and I hit a fade going onto the green and it rolled off the back but I was like that's okay you know the ibuprofen probably helped me to stay a little more chill <laughs> maybe I should take it more often oh boy <laughs> if that's the worst you're gonna do I'm okay with that um, <sighs> and just to kind of make you guys a picture or draw you guys a picture for our listeners when we say staying neutral what I do is just I, I draw a line in the center of a piece of paper and that's how I want Annie to 
try to stay. Um, Annie has been and is still at times like very up and down from the straight line. So it can be a, a total dip and then it can be a complete high and then it's neutral for a second and then it goes back up and then it goes straight down. So we're working really hard on trying to stay as neutral to this line as possible. And so I'm very proud of you for being able to do that as well and not and not panic mm-hmm. um, because that's your panic signature. <laughs> panic. What am I going to do? And I just yesterday I felt more calm. I was like, there's no reason to panic. I mean, because I always think, oh my gosh, you're nine over, get those nine birdies. I'm like, okay, that's kind of impossible. And honestly, I did such a good job of really focusing one shot at a time that I didn't really know what my score was. I mean, I saw, oh, you shot a 45, but I wasn't, I just didn't jump to the future. And so it felt good. Like those shots where you are so present and you are just picking the target, the right target. Once I pick the right target, it's like all of the obstacles are not there or someone's not there. It's like everything's gone and I'm only staring at that one tree or whatever is out in front of me and that's it. It sounds like you're finally at the point where you don't let your score define you. Yeah. So if you're looking at it and it says 45 and again, like if anyone that's listening shoots a 45 and that's their new personal record, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. We're just going after you Mm -hmm. and we're trying to shoot as low as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So 45 is just too high for you. That's all it is. But it sounds like even though you made a 45 or you scored a 45 that you didn't let that define you and think about, well, what are people going to think of me because I shot a 45? Really, I struggled on the first four because I was like, okay, my back is hurting. I don't have Advil. Should I ask the person next to me, you know, who I'm riding with? If she has Advil, oh my gosh, how is this going to try? Like thinking all of these other thoughts, like I didn't turn my hand, you know, I, we were not fully present and in the, in my zone. Yeah. And so it just kind of felt nice seeing that quick difference. And especially um, with this tournament, I'm like, this is how I have to approach every tournament. Every time uh, my life coach, she taught me every tournament needs to be viewed the same. Even if you were playing in just a small, like this one, Ultimate member guest, or if you were out playing in the U.S. Women's Open, you have to remain the most neutral that you can because it is just golf. Yeah. And you have to be able to just stay in that zone the entire time because she could see the difference. It's like they're front nine, you're plus nine because you're tense. You're not, you're not playing your own game stress and then all of a sudden you just chill and then look we shoot plus one on the back and could have done better so it was a really good key takeaway with that tournament i was and i'm really grateful that with all the people that i've been able to meet through these member guest tournaments i mean the networking i've been meeting people constantly like i ran into people from torion golf club they were the you know some guests too and i was like oh my gosh it was so great seeing you you know you just start to catch up and start to regularly you know, see these people, it's like you're kind of your own little group. And so it was really fun. And I liked it that way. And so our team ended up so in the tournaments, we have flights, because and this is for every tournament, mostly, you have probably not pros, pros. three are all Yeah, the same. Mm -hmm. Three to four flights, because you can do net and gross scoring. So for example, we got second place gross because that's like our actual number of combined strokes. So what was the format? So the format was two better balls. 
So we there's the four of us. We're Which 14. is the maximum amount of people that can play in a group. Mm-hmm. So there's the four of us, and we took the two best scores. Total scores total per scores hole? To, per hole. Okay. Per hole. So, so we, if you, me, your mom, and my mom played together, mm-hmm. you made a four, I made a four, and our moms made a five, then we're going to count our two. Mm-hmm. And then that would be eight points. Okay. And on the scorecard is what I wrote, eight. And then if it was net, then we would be writing, okay, so say our moms had one stroke and they both got fours, pars, then that would be a three and we'd be getting a six mm-hmm. because they'd have one stroke. Yep. And like we, we don't did. get any help because we're scratch golfers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And so that's something with stroke. So it was nice. I was able adding up every score. And so that's why we ended up shooting 154. And then the winner was 152, I think. So we were okay. really close for yeah. first place gross. Awesome. And then we're really happy we got first place net and shot minus 16, nice. minus 15 or 16. And that's so it awesome. felt good because my partner, um, Christy, she got birdies. She shot 71 or 72. Nice. She's awesome. She played college golf. I learned so much from her. And so um, it was super fun playing with her. What did you learn? Also, what was the biggest learning lesson from her? I loved. So she taught me, she was like, Annie, you always need to pick your targets past the flag. Because she was like, if you notice every time you're telling me, oh, I'm going to aim for this bunker just in front. She's like, you miss it short. But if you tell yourself, I'm going to aim at this tree or pull past the green, you're going to get there. And I was like, duh, (laughs) after mind blown. So I was like, that was my biggest takeaway. And so I'm like, it's so true because every time you pick a bunker in front or just the green front side of the green, because especially if it's a back pin, it's like go towards the back. Because if you miss it short, you know, then you're going to be on the green. So that was my biggest takeaway. And so I'm excited. I'm going to play with her a lot more often because it's really cool being, I mean, she's played golf for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, competitive golf. Hear someone else's opinion and not opinion, but like their learning lessons. Like what really changed your game? Because maybe it'll apply to me and maybe not. Maybe I knew it before. Maybe I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So it was really fun. So yeah, back to explaining net and grow. So for us, we were in the first handy first flight because each flight is ranked by handicaps, correct? Right? Yes. Like so for example, if you I think ours was like, oh, if you're a one to a fourteen handicap is your team, oh, you're in flight one, then fifteen to twenty-five, and then it goes all the way down to your thirty-six or even forty handicap. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it a lot more fair for these type of tournaments. So that oh, I'm a beginner and you want to play, okay, you're in the fourth flight. And that's awesome because that's when you get extra strokes well, from net. I think it's great that they have gross and net because then like if you're really good and, you know, you get a chance to win still because a lot of a lot of players with handicap, like high handicaps, they have an easier time, you know, being better than their handicap uh, because it's an easier, easier time to beat the course <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so in especially in tournaments yeah and I feel like still to listeners who maybe are not familiar with golf gross and net and handicap is still a complicated subject I feel like with me going into golf like who in the world created handicap like I, when did that become a thing I like, think was it's in awesome. the 80s like did they have this I'm gonna google know. it right now okay google it 
but I think handicaps are great because can you imagine if it's like you're brand new to golf and then you have to shoot what the scorecard tells you to shoot. So on the first hole, you have to make a four at Bear Creek. Like how intimidating is that? But if you have a handicap and you get extra shots to help you, now you can actually like make your par. I think it's great with a handicap and it's such an easy way to know if you're improving or not. So if you can beat your own scores at the golf course all the time, that means that you're improving. If you can't beat your scores, then you should take your stats so that you know what it is that you have to improve. But I think handicaps are awesome. And I think that gross and net tournaments are awesome when it's for fun. Um, Gross and net would never happen in like a professional tournament, but just for fun, I think it's awesome. What does Wikipedia say? Oh, Wiki. Wiki. Um, They said... Introduced in 1911, the first national handicap system was based on the British three-score average system. Uh, 1911? 1911. But then this is what happened. The USGA and the RNA, working with the various existing handicap authorities, it's the new world handicap system was introduced globally in 2020. That's when all of the... That when that was introduced, I think that's when it started to grow because COVID hit. And so mm-hmm. way more people were out playing golf. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's when I got my handicap was in 2020. And it that's when they explain, oh, you need five, is it five or 10 rounds? I think it might be 10 rounds. Um, you play 10, 10 rounds. If you log 10 rounds between 90, 95, depending on it, it picks the best eight out of 10. Correct. It takes your average. Or it takes your average too. I'm not 100% sure, but, but the way I've learned it, and this might be different now, but like um, you play a couple of rounds and, you know, include it in that because it doesn't have to be at the same course, but all courses are ranked too. So that's a huge part. And you don't have to know this because you, um, you would go to the USGA website and to like get your handicap. So all you have to do is just put in your score at what course and it will tell you what handicap. So you don't have to understand how this is all like made. Um, But yeah, something like you take the average and then you create a handicap. And speaking of handicaps, I was thinking you should get it right away is because it helps you get strokes on the golf course. And you also don't have to officially join a league like people that pit play on this course every single week. Like you don't have to play with them. There's leagues that's literally called, I mine was ping golf. It wasn't even like a tournament thing. It's just under ping, like a certain made up club basically. Mm-hmm. So like you can become a f- member, you pay 25, 30 bucks or something like that. And then your handicap is just under that organization or club mm. or whatever. I mean, leagues are great to join and I recommend joining a league so you can meet people to play golf with. But I agree. And I think it's, again, I think it's great to have a handicap and it doesn't cost very much to, to like create a, um, a handicap or it's not create. What's it called? Create a, establish a handicap. Establish. Yeah. So it doesn't cost very much and you're not going to see yourself unless you take videos of every single swing. You're not going to see if you're making improvements. So like black on white to see that you actually made an improvement. It's going to make you motivated to want to keep going too. Mm, Sweden, remind me. We have to have a handicap. 
You have to. Mm-hmm. You start at, and I don't know. I thought I thought handicaps were now like worldwide. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah, worldwide. So it's the same thing. I don't know. Like when I grew up, like, see, I'm getting old because things are different. <laughs> um, I don't know how it is in Sweden, but when I played, you had to have, you had to start at 54. Oh. Like you don't, you didn't take an average of anything. It was like you start at 54 and then you work your way down. So like, I mean, when I started, I was like a 54 and the next day I was like a 36 because I was already so much better than a 54. And were you just logging scores? So yes, you're you like, just that's it. Scores. Uh-huh. That's it. And then you get points. So like if you made a par, you get two points. If you made a birdie, you get three points. If you get over 36 points. So if you got 40, that's four better than you would go down four points. Mm-hmm. So it was just very different. That's not how it is today. And I know it's very different. I just don't know yeah. how it is. Um, I think handicaps are great. You Do your parents one. have handicaps? They have to. They have to. So oh, they to have play to. play a course in Sweden, you have to have a handicap. Interesting. Oh, yeah. well, I feel like us Americans are too lazy to do that. Well, and it's I mean, too again, casual. I'm like, I'm actually speaking on something I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure you need a handicap to play golf in Sweden. Yeah. Should I Google it? I don't know if Google. Oh, yeah. Let's Google it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, but I, we talked about this in a previous episode where you had to belong to a club and you had to have a green card and you had to have a, a handicap to even play on the golf course. Um, there were one course near us and this is not very common, but it was called pay, pay and play. So you could just come pay and you can play. You didn't need a handicap or anything, but that course was not in like the most excellent, you know, shape or form. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would have to ask my mom about that, how it works today. I'll give you guys an update in the next episode. (laughs) I love, so when you Google something, I love how it also has people also ask. Don't you see that every time when you Google something? Can I play golf in Sweden? How do I get a Swedish golf ID? Do you need a handicap to play abroad? How many golf courses are in Sweden? 650 golf courses. Oh, wow. That's it. But most golf clubs overseas will require each golfer to have a valid handicap certificate. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Interesting. Can I play golf in Spain without a handicap? You know, the questions just keep on going when you Google stuff. I know. It's a trap. I know. I I know sometimes <gasps> this might be unhealthy. You know, on Apple settings, you can see how much time you spend on your phone. Yes. And sometimes Safari is <laughs> my most because really? i just google things if i see something i'm like oh i'm gonna google that oh well, i want to go somewhere else that's to your eat. personality because yeah. you fear things oh my gosh no i just am curious i don't fear things i just am curious there's a difference so what is in your google history <laughs> what if <laughs> no what's in your google history let's let's, let's see let's, let's see. see here daisy farm kitchen Getting a new driver's license. <laughs> I need a new one. Because <laughs> mine's at my old house. Um, Lululemon store. News. Sweden. Golf ball rollback. Understanding that's something, the latest thing that's been going on in the golf news world. Yeah, that's true. What's your safari? How do I find history? No, just like look at your tab, like your tabs. Oh, I close all my tabs. Um, yeah, I have gone. Is this? I'll have like fifty tabs sometimes. Oh god! And then I'll cross my them OCD all out. It's going crazy. <laughs> no, so my number one is 
you schedule that we use for work oh, to yeah. schedule lessons. I'm on there all the time. I love to have a calendar that I can write in, mm-hmm. but this online thing that we have is phenomenal. I put all my stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, so that's my number one. My number two is news in Sweden. I always, I always have my little, like when I wake up in the morning, I have my little like set agenda for like what I visit. Mm-hmm. So it's always my schedule. It's the news. And then I go on to Instagram, which I'm kind of bored by Instagram. I'm sorry. But Instagram, I'm just like, ugh, I don't even finish it. I, think, I am super yeah. into like YouTube shorts. I think you should get a TikTok. No. I still think you should though. You should try it out just for a little bit because you do Instagram reels, but a TikTok, it, it will change no, your life. I don't life. need another social media app. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yes. Yeah. So we... Um, yeah. What is Anyways, your, oh, okay. slightly no, off topic. Ask, okay, let me ask this. What's your screen time? I am going not to going to admit it. this on our podcast. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm, Please, I can't wait. No. What's your screen time? No, it's gone up a little bit. What is it? I'm. You're going to judge me. It depends on each day daily. <laughs> this is my screen time. Okay. Okay. At least mine's I'm not is, too far. Mine's is three hours and twenty three minutes a day. It's Annie's only because five hours and fifty eight minutes. No, a day. but that's because of a certain app I have just recently been addicted to. But let's see. No. So <laughs> two weeks say ago. That out so loud. No. So okay. Here, let me do some reasoning. So, for example, two weeks ago, I was six and a half hours on my phone. But why? Because every time I publish a recipe. For Instagram, for Daisy Farm Kitchen, yeah. I have to. I get like sixty comments of having to send people the link to the recipe to get traffic. So it's like yeah. most of my phone. I'm not on like, for example, Instagram nine hours because that's all on Daisy Farm Kitchen every yeah, time I publish. Different. That's different. I'm not. I am a responsible adult. Okay, I ta- I manage my time on my phone. Okay, and I take videos and I post content and I'm. You know, we all have to be influencers nowadays. So, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I'm like, I have zero interest in like posting things I'm on like, social media. Would you see celebrities? I guess, like, if you think about it, influencers, like back during your age, like 20s, was it just in magazines and like, I don't know. How old do you think I am? Well, you're 35, 15 years ago. I mean, you told me you just had a flip phone, so you wouldn't see like influencers posting on social media. You know, no, you that's grew, true. It was you blogs. Had flip phone. Oh, blog. Oh, yes. The yeah. blogging phase. Yeah. The, the blogging yeah phase, my mom had a blog. All of the bloggers are now influencers on Instagram and social media. So they just made the switch well, over, you know? That is true. My mom yeah. was a blogger and now she's a crochet influencer. An ambassador. Yeah, I don't know so. how she does that. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm like my interest with social media. I love watching social media. I'll be on social media, but I wonder if you'd be patient enough if I taught you crochet. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I was no. like, you wanna wanna learn just to no. sit on the couch and just crochet away. Oh no, no maybe because you're a pants. perfectionist. Would it stress you out? Yeah, and like I can't really just sit like that like even when I watch my show like 90 day fiance I still need to do like I love to eat so like I would eat at the same time or drink Mm -hmm. my tea at the same time or like be on my phone like as soon as the commercial break is on like I am immediately to my phone Mm -hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it would be good for me, but I would have ants in my pants for sure. If you lived in Sweden, I feel like, you know, it's cold, it's inside, you know, now's the winter yeah. time. Winter time is really when everyone crochets. Yeah. Depends. But honestly, though, I think it'd be good for me. You should teach me how to crochet. Why not? It just is, it might just might get your head off things if you're feeling too stressed. Like every time I'm feeling too stressed, I just sit and just crochet a little bit. It's going to be a very large blanket. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, just keep making new ones. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. That was my world record. I mean, All right. yeah. Anyways, slightly off topic, but okay. going back to Ultimate, my Ultimate tournament, mm-hmm. it was great. I had a great time. Had They gave a, had a cute little luncheon and awards, and I bought a sweatshirt because you get the credit. It was, um, I got $35. From oh, in the golf shop? Winning, yeah, $35 oh, golf shop credit. Nice. And then another 40 bucks for like the tournament, like the gift. Thanks for coming, another 40 bucks. So I was able to spend it on that, which was fun. A sweatshirt. It's clothes. It's what you have to do as an amateur because this is quick little explanation. So like amateurs, why we only get pro shop credit is because if they were passing out money, that's where it like make you the professional golfer and it's earnings. And so that's why it's always pro shop credit. So I always get golf balls, gloves, clothes, not a bad thing, something like that. So it's always handy, but anyways, yeah, so it was super fun and we'll talk more about net and gross, but it's like a great way um, to go and play. It's super common in tournaments, establish a handicap. We keep reminding you guys to do it. So 2024, we got two more episodes left and then it'll be the new year. And so that's when you got to renew your memberships and stuff at your clubs. Um, And so just think about joining and getting one. So two more episodes. We have two really good ones coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll let you know what 2024 is looking for us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to share the podcast.